had to decide, do I go live in San Francisco, work full time, have a salary, have benefits and have it, you know, made, or do I drop it and go and do what I actually want to do freelance production design in Atlanta and just hope it works. And that was a very scary step, but I ended up deciding that, you know, I want to be a production designer for feature films. That's the ultimate goal. So I'm being offered that. I should go. My name is West Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with production designer and painter Jenna Ray Tooley. We discussed how her experience as a fine artist influences her work on productions, the two feature films she's working on as a production designer, and how she's pursuing a career across multiple disciplines. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 73 of the Tungsten Originals Podcast. Jenna, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Hi. Good. How are you? I'm glad to be on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you on. Um, I reached out to you a few months ago about being on, so I'm glad we finally got to sit down and schedule this. Um, you have had an exciting career so far, and I know you've got some exciting projects in the future. Um, I mean, you're working on a myriad of things right now that I'm excited to dive into and learn about, because I haven't really, like, I think this is the first time we've actually, like, spoken. So, yeah, so this will so. be, yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll be learning <laughs> along with the audience, which will be fun. But before we get into all that, I want to learn about how you became a filmmaker and a painter and a production designer, all that kind of stuff. So, okay. You know, take me back to the beginning. When when did this start becoming okay. a huge part of your life? Okay, so I started oil painting in second grade. Um, that was kind of, I guess, my origin story. I was in a classroom full of like uh, my all my peers were like elderly women, and it was just me sitting in a corner painting. And <laughs> my mom right. signed me up for the wrong class, so it was an older class. Um, yeah, I started oil painting, um, and my whole life I pretty much was like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to be a studio oil painter, a uh, contemporary portrait painter. Um, and then about in, I think my senior year of high school, I like had this sudden realization that like directors and filmmakers exist like outside of right. like, Steven Spielberg and like... <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, wait, people have to, like, go on to set. So I was like, that could be cool. So um, when I was a junior, actually, I was looking at uh, art schools. And SCAD came up on my radar, but it was kind of lower on my list. Um, and then randomly, my mom took me to a SCAD seminar uh, in the city. And I didn't really want to go because I wasn't really excited. And then... It was the first time I ever saw an art school being presented to me. And immediately I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going. And so I reached out to the lacrosse coach and I got recruited for lacrosse, actually. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, so I played on the team my freshman year. And on my uh, recruiting trip for the uh, team, I met some filmmakers and it kind of sparked like, oh, maybe I should do that too. So I originally went to SCAD as a double major for painting and film and then quickly forgot about the film and just disregarded it and was like no I'm a painter fought with it pretty hard I was like no my dreams can't change like mm -mm. like I won't let them um and then finally I just was you know on a couple different film sets and I was like this is really really awesome I love the collaborative aspect of it I love um being around people I'm more social than I think sitting in a studio all day and painting to myself so it just seemed like the right fit and then I just took off from there wow so whenever you are on those sets like do you just mm -hmm. like being on set in general or are you like because I, I obviously know like you're a production designer you've also directed things mm -hmm. so like were you already finding early on that you were um, drawn to directing or production design or just like any other part of the crew yeah, I'd say originally um, I walked onto set and I was just happy to be there. And um, mm -hmm. I had some people on set kind of point me to areas they thought that I would like. I said I loved art. And um, so the first set I was ever on, it was like a party scene. And we were just throwing around bottles and making it kind of look like a mess. And I was like, oh, this is a job. That's cool. Um, and so immediately I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to design the sets. Um, and ever since then, I 
that was my first set. And then I want to say my third set was the feature nesting dolls in Virginia. Oh, wh- wow. And so I was, <laughs> that is, I was really what thrown a, into the deep end. What a trajectory that is. <laughs> yeah, wow. I was really thrown into the deep end. And like the other, you know, few sets beforehand, I was just, again, I was just there. And then suddenly I was art director on a feature shooting, you know, for 18 days straight. And it was, yeah, quite the adventure. And then from there, I just kept doing production design and I kind of taught myself along the way. I mean, I would, you know, look up Mm. interviews of production designers, get books and, you know, I never really switched to the production design major. So everything I learned was just through exploration and trial and error. And yeah. So I, I want to dive into the fact that you are both like a 2d visual artist as a painter, but also work Mm -hmm. in film which is obviously like very different art forms, but I'm sure there's a lot of crossover. So how do you think your uh, like starting off as a painter and that experience and like that formal education helps you mm-hmm. as a production designer and I guess vice versa? Yeah. Right, I think it helps I- incredibly. I mean, I was already learning the basic design principles from a young age, Yeah, and, you know, understanding a lot about color theory and composition Um, as well as like materials and even though they're incredibly different materials there's like a um a professionalism that you need to learn in every medium you do um so painting is you know the right canvases the right materials the right paints um just understanding of what you're working with and that translates incredibly to production design and art direction because it really matters the materials you're using to give the right feel and the right look um so I find it translating, you know, across the board. I think I'm a better right. production designer and director because I'm a painter. And I think I'm a better painter because I'm a production designer and director. So do you find similarities in how you approach um, a concept and then execute that concept for a painting versus a director coming at coming to you with a script mm-hmm. to design a film? Because again, yes. like you were saying, painting what 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 is so interesting to me about all of this is like painting it's it's just you you know like you alone mm-hmm. in a studio for forever mm-hmm. i'm sure it seems like and then yeah <laughs> film you have you're leading a team you're working with like directors mm-hmm. and dps and, and everybody because mm-hmm. um, you're designing everything on screen and you're leading people mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. how does that um contrast like play out and how you carry yourself mm-hmm. as a painter and as a filmmaker yeah you know surprisingly they are very similar um you know, it's always, it's starting with an idea, it's starting with a concept, doing some mm-hmm. sketches or finding some inspiration. Um, and then it's looking, you know, deeper into the meaning in a painting. What am I trying to portray right. in a script? What is the director trying to portray? Um, and then, you know, then you go to the next step. You know, I'll do a full render for a painting. I'll do a full render for a set. And, you know, you break down piece by piece. Um, and they are very similar. The uh, Another aspect about production design that I think gets um, blown over when most people talk about production design is the logistics and the management. You have to be a very good manager to be a production designer. I mean, that is, I think, one strong suit that I have because I'm a painter. And, you know, I, as a painter, it's up to me to do everything. You know, I have to manage my time. I have to manage clients. I have to, you know, manage my work. Uh, and then, you know, document it afterwards. And Mm. the same with production design is it's a lot of managing and much more like large scale in production design. You know, you're managing a a team of people, you're managing every single, you know, aspect of the department. But um, I do find that because I have, you know, 18 years experience as a painter, I had time to really just figure out, oh, time management within myself is very important. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I will always be learning that when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to my own yeah. career. Um, so I t- take me back to um, nesting dolls a little bit. Was that like mm-hmm. kind of a tent pole film for you? At I guess mm-hmm. I shouldn't call it film school because you didn't technically go to film school, <laughs> but at, at, at art right. school because I feel like yeah. you know I, I talked to uh, I interview a lot of people and just yesterday I was doing an interview and was talking. Uh, to my producer Reagan about like 
the films in her career that were like this stood out because of this reason mm -hmm. with that being only like your third set that must have been mm -hmm. an incredible learning experience can you one i know yes. i'm sure there are people who aren't scat people that don't know about the film but so can you explain mm -hmm. a little bit about the film and then take me to that learning experience yeah definitely um yeah it was probably the biggest learning curve i've ever had yeah. <laughs> in my life um so it was a psychological thriller. It's actually out on Amazon Prime, I believe. Um, okay, sweet. Rent it. Um, yeah. But a psychological thriller about some sorority girls um, that have an accident um, and have to kind of grapple with that. Um, it was written and directed by uh, Robbie Snow. And uh, Katie Wilkerson was the production designer. And I was originally brought on as the props master. Um, so... It was a crew of, I want to say, about 20 um, SCAD kids uh, that independently, apart from SCAD, made this right. feature. We all went up to Gloucester, Virginia and lived there for about a month and, and shot it. Um, and I think it was all a lot of ours kind of first experience of making something that big. Yeah. Um, and I was young at the time. I was, um, I think I was 19. It was very, you know, this was my first Pretty much big set at first set where i had any responsibility honestly right. um and again and that's it's a feature <laughs> like from, it's it's know, a feature that's, right that's and awesome. i went yeah. from yeah i went from props to there was only two of us in the art department we had to do everything figure out everything right. um and so i definitely learned a lot about like i did continuity how you have to keep things the same across the board um and then just the planning that goes into it. We didn't really have any planning. We had a week of prep. And that was where we broke down the entire script and see what we needed in each shot and how much like effort goes into like the pre-production, except we had to, you know, fast track it and make it into yeah. a week. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great experience and um, definitely learned a lot. A lot of like set etiquette that I had no idea. Um, People got on us for closed-toed shoes, things like that, where I just was like, would not have thought about it. But right, yeah, definitely yeah. a big learning experience. But it definitely cemented in my head, like, this is what I want to do. You know, despite yeah. the really long hours and like how crazy it was that we were there shooting it, I was like, this is this is awesome. Like, I want to do this. So, how soon after that did you start directing your own films, or were they before? Like, kind of, what's the timeline there? Um, so Nesting Dolls was 2017 when I was a, uh, right after my freshman year. Um, I then spent a year designing films and in 2018, in my spring quarter, I decided I want to direct. So, mm. uh, yeah, I wrote Fuzzite Fighters in the winter and shot it in spring and that was my first film. And then I waited another, I think, two years to direct my second. So I, I want to dive into Fuzzite Fighters because I love, mm -hmm. it just looks so like a fun project to be a part of, you know, like mm -hmm. obviously fun to watch, but also just like, you know, a good experience for everybody. So mm -hmm. what was it that interested you in being a director? Because obviously that is, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, there's more control, but, you know, you also, I assume, worked with a production designer, or were you the production designer as well? For I was. That? I was also the production okay. designer. I've designed yeah. Best of every both film worlds. I've made so far. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, take me to that. Like, what? Explain what the film is about. Um, mm -hmm. and you know that whole that whole process. Well, originally, when I discovered film, when I discovered film was a thing, that's a possibility. I did want to be a director. Um, and then I kind of pushed it aside because I thought, you know, everyone knew so much more than me. I thought I was a little behind. I wasn't that right. confident, but as I built my confidence through production design, I realized, you know, I do know a lot and I could take mm. on this next challenge. And that's why I made Fuzzite Fighters. I wanted to make something fun, um, something not serious uh, as my first film, um, just to see if I could <laughs> really. Well, what originally inspired Fuzzite Fighters was um, my twin brother, actually. Um, he would probably hate me if I said this, but he um, <laughs> he would take this stick in our backyard and just swing it around and pretend to, like, fight these, like, evil monsters, like, to a, to a pretty late age, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is the embarrassing part. But um, I was right. always so 
you know, I was a, I was a very imaginative kid, but you know, I was also really rooted in realism. And I was like, that's like, I can't actually see these things, but I, I believe he could. And he would just sit out there and just fight these things. And I was like, what is he seeing? And that originally inspired Buzzard Fighters, which is like, what if they're just these, um, these creatures, like as if a kid made them or like, you know, out of kids socks. Like I used to make these sock puppets with my mom and we would like cut up socks and sew them together. Imagine like one of those that just like spiraled out of control with like kids imagination. Um, and so it's these kids that just discover it and, and they can only see them through this goggle, through these goggles. Um, and they have to kind of choose whether or not to, to take it seriously or to just, you know, pretend it doesn't exist. And that's Buzz Eye Fighters. I think it's interesting that you both directed and uh, designed the film because I mm-hmm. interviewed what feels like forever ago. It was probably over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Jackson Varney, mm-hmm. who is um, a very talented uh, production designer, and he mm-hmm. directed his thesis yeah. film. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he had a production designer on there, so it wasn't him. Yes. But I think that is an interesting conversation, like going from mm-hmm. uh, this one position to the other and that feeling mm-hmm. of, not wanting to give up that control. I feel like really my comparison would be, yeah, exactly. I feel like that would be if I wrote someone and gave it to someone else to direct, which I cannot imagine myself doing, <laughs> at least at this stage, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, did you even like consider working with a production designer? Because again, that's just like double the amount of things on your plate to not be able to like pass that off right. to somebody. Right. I, I did consider it. Actually, you know, in the, in Fuzzit Fighters, I didn't. I didn't no. consider it. I thought I thought I am going to give myself the opportunity to design another film. Um, but for Women from the Garden, I definitely considered it because it was a big task um, in right. Fuzzit Fighters. So when I went into Women from the Garden, I was like, maybe I should have um, a designer. But yeah. then it ended up that I produced it. I directed it. I designed it and I costume designed it. So I really didn't give up <laughs> that right. much control. Um, just when right. I see, when I, I'm such a visual person coming from a background in fine arts. And when I see an image, I see all of it. Um, so for women yeah. from the garden, at least I storyboarded it all myself as well, because, you know, in my head, I see these sequences, um, exactly how they look, the color, the feel, what's in them, what, you know, design elements are in them I see it as a whole and so when I go to you know write it down and draw it out I kind of know everything I want um Mm -hmm. and you know I know so many incredible production designers and so many amazing people that I would have you know gladly trusted with the process but um I did just I just wanted to make them myself so did you like one I guess negative about production being a production designer is that you maybe don't, I guess this depends on the project and who you're working with, but like you maybe don't have a lot of say into like how your, the set that you've poured your heart into is being shot, you know? So I can see that as being Mm -hmm. a huge positive of being the director. It's like, okay, I designed the set and here's how Mm -hmm. we're going to capture it. Did you find that to be really like, I'm sure that was a nice control to have. It also, it really, it, it also really helps in like planning not only planning shots, but planning what I need to get, like what I need to buy for the project. Right. I know my right. limits. Because you can I know, know if it's not going to be needed or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. You know, when I'm designing someone else's film, um, most of the time there's like wonderful collaboration and we know, you know, what we're shooting. We know the look we're going for, but you never know on set what's actually going to be seen. You know, yeah. if they're going to shoot one way the whole time or maybe they're, you know, there's a lot of improvisation in um, right. film. And so you just never know. Um, so that was a great thing about being both a production designer and the director is mm. I know what I want to shoot. So I know what to fill the space. And so it just kind of was it was a very easy process for me to just yeah. oh, set up that corner. Don't do anything else. No time wasted. Mm. Kind of cutting out the middleman a little bit, like you just have all mm-hmm. the info. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, after Fuzzite Fighters, like mm-hmm. moving into your next projects, both as a director and as a production designer, what do you think was the biggest learning lesson you took away from that project? Honestly, I got to say that it was just the confidence that I could uh, yeah. be a director and I could also design. I think that was the first project where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually 
you know, I think I could actually do this as production design and directing. Um, so it was just a confidence that was instilled in me that I think helped me grow and learn. I mean, there's a ton of things that, you know, I learned what a script supervisor was on my set. You know, <laughs> I had no idea what it was, but there's a, a bunch of different things that I learned. Um, but mainly it was, yeah, just that confidence. So I want to go into the most recent film that you directed, Woman from the Garden. Um, I've been seeing, you've been posting some stills from it and it looks really, really incredible. I'm very excited to see it. Um, are you still in post-production for that or have y'all finished? Like what's the state of that? Yes. Right yes. The post-production is going a bit slow with my, um, hectic schedule. Um, yeah. it definitely, we were at a really good spot and then I wanted to change some things around and then I lost all my time. So yeah. Yeah, that's been, how it's it been is. a slow process, but we do, we have pretty much picture lock and color is almost done and the last step will be sound. So, yeah. um, Clea Colin is our sound. Um, oh, that's awesome. She's, she's yeah. edited like a lot of the, um, episodes for the podcast. So like the sound episodes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. yeah I Clea's love great. her. She's great. I'm so excited to work with her. Um, mm. the project is very sound heavy, very yeah. like sets, you know, I want like symphonies of, of just, normal natural sounds creating like music almost so it's going to be a big mm. big undertaking but um yeah i'm really excited for it and i'm hoping to finish sometime but you know i'm also <laughs> trying not to rush myself you know yeah it took me like i think three years to finally post fuzzy fighters i want to try to not do that this time but <laughs> it's right <laughs> we'll see yeah yeah i mean yeah. i i'm literally I have this film that I shot in 2018 that's ready to go. All I have to do is go into the credits and change one name and then it'll be That'll done. <laughs> and I just like, I got to get the yeah. hard drive. You know, it just, you know, I'm, oh just, I'm just procrastinating, oh, I, I guess. Yeah. No, there's I, really no excuse I for it. Get it. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So tell me about like what woman from the garden is about. Cause I personally don't, I mean, I know some of the people that worked on it, but I just don't really know mm -hmm. the story behind it. Yeah. I've kept it a little cryptic. I kind of wanted <laughs> to just, not tell anyone that I was shooting something, shoot it right. and then be like, surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, but I have posted something. So um, it's it's a confrontation between like lust and love, desire. Um, it's about a man and his selfish desires um, in falling in love with a stone statue that is kind of a carbon copy of his girlfriend. So he's... Um, the lead actress, uh, Kristen Geary, she plays both the girlfriend and the statue um, because it really, it's not about one woman versus the other. It's just about this man and his desire to have more than what he has. And so, yeah, and it's, I would say, magical realism. Uh, the statue mm. comes to life and she's very haunting, I'd say. It's, yeah. it's really cool to watch. Our makeup team did fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and didn't uh, didn't Davi shoot it? Davi did shoot it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, which seems like you awesome. got a, it was great a good team together. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, again, you were talking about how like you considered working uh, with a production designer on Woman from the Garden, but it ended mm -hmm. up, you know, you actually ended up having more hats. Um, yeah. Since you did a similar thing with Fuzzite Fighters, um. I'm I'm sure of course you grew just a lot as a as an artist and as a filmmaker over those couple of years. But like with that experience, how did it change your perspective going into Woman from the Garden? Which is like tonally mm -hmm. a big shift from Fuzzite Fighters, right. you know. So it's a different yeah. beast uh in its own mm -hmm. way. Um mm -hmm. how do you think that changed your mindset having that previous experience? Yeah. Well, Fuzzite Fighters, I think it was definitely like a stepping stone for me. It was a fun, yeah. light project, and I felt like if, you know, if I couldn't portray it exactly how I wanted, at least it was fun. And I ended up, you know, really loving the project. Um, and I think that gave me the confidence to kind of go into different subject matters and just mm. really explore. Like this film, Woman from the Garden, is more visual. It's more of a visual experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in the pre-production just you know sourcing inspiration and you know drawing and painting different scenes from it just to really get into the mindset and the feel of it so it was it was much more like feeling based and I think I you know was able to do that since I had this confidence of well I know I can shoot something so now yeah. like I'm going to really just create something 
That's interesting. I, I think mm-hmm. I'm glad you pointed out the confidence of it because like I, I've heard a few people on the podcast speak on the confidence and I, I, I think more and more every time I hear that, that that is like the most important thing. Like, yeah, you learn yeah. what a script, script supervisor is. And um, mm-hmm. of course the, the technical terms and just the experience of making things is always good. But like you mm-hmm. have, especially as a director and obviously you know this, you have to be confident mm-hmm. because like yeah. there's going to be moments in which your crew comes up to you and the world is on fire and like they look to mm-hmm. you for answers. And if you don't have an answer, then right things can fall apart really, really quickly. So that confidence is like, is so key. So yeah, do you think like your confidence as you grow as a painter is like mirrored in your confidence Mm -hmm. as you grow as a production designer? Like, you know, as the tide rises, both of those, Mm -hmm. um, you become just more confident in both of those mediums. Um, I think there's a common thread, but I would say that they are separate in that you know, I've been an oil painter for 18 years. I, there's not a lot that I'm not confident about in the painting world. It's kind of like, I, I've been doing it for so long that I've figured out all the like kinks and working with the, the medium. Yeah. And, you know, it is still a, an ever learning process of discovering your, your voice and what you want to portray and your style and your look. But, you know, I've mm-hmm. had 18 years, so, you know, that, uh, that's the difference where in filmmaking yeah. I'm still relatively i feel like you know young in the filmmaking right. world you know i've had five six years um but you know which seems like a, a fair bit but it's not a lot to develop your own like style and voice and figure out yeah. you know all of that and it just it takes time and so i definitely think um you know my confidence as a production designer helps with me as a director and vice versa yeah. But painting is a little bit of a different ballgame. So looking at your next project that you direct, you know, whether or not you have like an idea for it, I'm sure it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. What is the scenario in which you work with a production designer? <laughs> like, do you have a dream scenario? Like if you could clone yeah. yourself or something like that? Like, you know, when, when, what is yeah. the scenario in which that works? I would say the next... The next project i would hire a production designer yeah. <laughs> i i think i need to just give up that control and let you know the incredibly talented people i know yeah take over because you know at the end of the day there's all of these roles for a reason because it right. takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of talent and you know i definitely want to then transition i mean my next project i hope i'll probably do a couple of shorts um but i have about four features that I've half written that I'm getting through. And I would love to make a feature in the next several years and just mm. get that one moving. Um, and if I do a feature, I would definitely absolutely have a production designer because it is a lot of work. Yeah. In a short, I can manage it. In a feature, right. there's absolutely no way. And I want to definitely focus on you know, the job directing because it is, it's, it's a yeah. full job and yeah. definitely want to separate the two. I'm I'm glad you brought up features because uh, you have recently been booked on two features uh, mm-hmm. as as a production designer, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is so cool. I remember I saw I saw that on your Twitter, and I was like, "What a!" I was like living vicariously <laughs> through you. It was just such a really really <laughs> exciting thing. So I know yeah. those are in the early stages, and you of course can't tell us everything mm-hmm. about it. But can mm-hmm. you um you know just give us a little bit about like how you got mm-hmm. booked on them, what you're learning so far, your mm-hmm. prep work, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, they're two different projects with two different companies and two different crews. So the first one is called Wholly Irresistible. Um, it's a script that actually won a screenwriting award, the Nichols Award through the Oscars, which is pretty exciting. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I actually just got a text message out of the blue um, one day that was like, hey, we... Um, found you through like a mutual contact I had and we're interested if you want a production design. And at the time I had actually um, been offered a job as a gallery curator for restoration hardware. I think I can say that now that I turned down the job. Um, So it was a very big um, turning point in my life where I had to decide, Mm. do I go live in San Francisco, work full time, have a salary, have benefits and have it, you know, made or yeah. do I drop it and go and do what I actually want to do, freelance production design in Atlanta and just 
hope it works. Yeah. And that was a very scary step, but I ended right. up deciding that, you know, I want to be a production designer for feature films. That's the ultimate goal. So I'm being offered that I should go. Yeah. So I, I yeah. turned down the job offer and I uh, am just about to move to Atlanta. Um, but yeah, so that's the first film. It's really exciting. We actually got um, a pretty exciting uh, crew or cast member locked. Um, I can't, I can't say, but um, yeah. <laughs> very exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, that will shoot, uh, I would say, I think we're starting in June. The second oh, wow. film... Okay. Yeah, so it's June to July, I believe. So I'm mm. already deep into prep right now. Yeah. Um, and then the second film is called Pan American. And it is, it. Uh, I don't know how this came to life. Like, I don't know how I got this opportunity because it is, um, it is a crazy ambitious project it is 452 pages the script um whoa <laughs> that is crazy wow right? and we're shooting yeah. in uh <laughs> we're shooting in los angeles now so it was originally going to be texas but now we're in los angeles new york and paris france which is there you go you know just <laughs> incredible but i wow. so originally i got the project because i was working on um a Hallmark film uh, in Savannah. I did a couple Hallmark films in Savannah. Um, and the second one, um, the costume designer, I was actually in the costume department. Um, I met her and we talked and she was like, I'll give you my contact. I'm doing this film. Like the director's really awesome. And he like writes it, directs it and stars in it himself. And he's really cool dude. And yeah, so here's, here's the info. And then I got an email that was like, do you want to be the production designer? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would have been like, like cool. is this the wrong email? Yeah. Like, I think you said this for the wrong person. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I was like, was it that easy? Like, no tests? Yeah, like, I'll give you a test. Right. Like, yeah, do, you want exactly. my, do you want my resume? Do you want my, you know, what do you need? Um, so I was just you like, want me to pass okay. the test? Yeah. No, really. Wow. I was like, okay. And so, yeah, yeah I'm currently in pre-production for both, which is incredibly strenuous um because that one yeah. shoots the um the second one pan american shoots Jul mid-july starting so as soon as i wrap i have two weeks and then i go to the next one so it is back to back wow yeah. how yeah. insane and i know you've thought about this but how insane is it that like you are about to you're like at, you were like at the fork in the road and you're about mm -hmm. to go to san francisco and like and live like that version of your life and then this platter of just incredible, like incredible projects. Just I'm pretty sure the universe like, was that's... like bonk bonk, Jenna, wake right, up. Right. <laughs> Hello. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. No, I've thought about it, and I just I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Um, yeah. I still can't. Still, every day I send an email, and I'm like, I'm still. I'm still hired, right? Like you haven't yeah. changed your mind yet. Yeah, like, this isn't a joke. You know, Ashton, you Ashton know Kutcher, who I am. where are you? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> but it's been it's been really incredible. Two crews so far are like very awesome and everyone's very accommodating. Yeah. And you know, they're both, you know, relatively small projects in the scheme of, of films, but right. very, very exciting that, you know, I get to be a department head and have all yeah. this responsibility and yeah, it's just, it's a lot, but it's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. So are you like, about how big is, is your department mm -hmm. on, on those projects? Um, so the first one's smaller. We, I'll have a few people helping me out. Um, they are hiring them for me. They're actually, it's a really cool, um, studio. It's called Local Cinema Studios. And their whole, um, idea is that they want to mentor, um, students. Mm. So I'm actually going to be mentoring students. Oh, Those cool. Will be my crew members, which is, yeah. I was like, dang, like, I feel like I'm the student myself, but like, yeah, it's right. really, really cool that I'll get a, I'll get to give, you know, as much information as I know to pass yeah. it on. Um, so that'll be really cool. So I think I'll have about three people, um, which is a relative, it's, it's a small art department, um, yeah. but it's, um, it's definitely doable in the scope of the project. Um, Mm -hmm. And the second one, um, I have, I'll have two people that are just dedicated 
by my side, like a prop master and an art department coordinator that will go with me through every location. Um, and then I'll have several art or art set dressers, uh, several okay. set dressers that allows like what role, um, <laughs> several set dressers, <laughs> my brain, um, several of those that will just help out for like sourcing items. Um, because mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to LA. I don't, I don't know any prop shops. I don't know what's right. best there. So I'll find local help to, you know, find the best places and to help mm. us dress it. Um, because yeah, both projects are small and they're, um, so they're trying to keep, you know, crew down so that they can pay everyone appropriately, which is yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, I think I have enough help to make it work. I I've done crazier with a lot less. You're right. Through, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Through art exactly. school. So I feel like any, anything I can tackle now. Um, yeah, yeah it's really exciting though. Man, well, congrats. That's that's really, really awesome. I'm, I'm glad that that's Thank happening because that's very exciting. You. So as you. you're in, you know, the, the midst of prep for these projects, mm -hmm. are you harking back to any lessons you learned or just like times on these other projects, whether it's as a director or as a production mm -hmm. designer that you think specifically prepared you? to do this because mm -hmm. obviously i mean you know we joke like did they send it to the wrong person obviously they didn't like <laughs> yeah. you you deserve it and earned it and like your work speaks yeah. for itself um yeah. but do you think back to like any moments or any specific lessons that mm -hmm. you feel like kind of made a domino effect of you uh arriving here yeah definitely i think the first thing of course is just um you know one time when i was just you know figuring out what production design was my dad gave me a production design book and I started reading it and the first thing that really popped out at me was, I don't know if I'm misquoting it, I hope I'm not, but um, it read production designers, it takes 60% management, 30% uh, creative and 10% luck. Yeah. I was like, that is the formula. <laughs> and so I think just having that in my head, um, knowing yeah. that, um, as well as I was able to interview a few uh, production designers um, just throughout my years at college. I actually got an email, um, Doug Chang, who um, designed Rogue One, and he's a, a creative executive at uh, Lucasfilm. So wow, that was, I mean, he's my idol. So that was yeah. like the coolest moment of my life. Um, and he told me basically like, if you want to draw and you want to do concepts, be a concept artist. If you want to manage an army of people, be a production designer. And I was like, wow, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I love the managing part of it. Um, I'm very like, you know, that's a part that I really do enjoy. I'll spend 12 hours going on a breakdown, sending emails, um, just Googling, researching, you know, doing all of that. And I find that just as enjoyable as, you know, the actual like visual part of it, um, luckily, right. um, cause I think it does make, um, the formula of a production designer. So just having that in mm. mind going into these features, um, because it's a lot, you know, I'm, I've broken down yeah. the scripts, you know, the set dressings, the props, the construction, the graphics, everything into all their categories, you know, and, you know, then you have the, the added like logistical elements of, I'll actually say on, on Juno, the commercial um, that we shot last September, I think was the biggest kind of learning opportunity in the sense of like logistics um, for production design for the art department. Um, that project, it was the first time I actually used a rental house, actually second time I used a rental house, but um, just planning those logistics for that set. I mean, it was a medieval yeah. set. Um, right. We basically brought in two trailer fulls of dirt. Yeah. We laid down <laughs> we laid down nine tarps um, to cover the gravel because we didn't want to ruin the, the location's gravel. We put mm. all the mud on top of the tarps and then that way the water would sit and pool up and it would have this, you know, beautiful old right. gross look of pooled water. Um, and then you have to think, what do we do with the dirt after? Yeah, we exactly. We have to move it. So, <laughs> you know, so then we had to like shovel it into buckets, take it down to the river. I mean, it was, it was excruciating labor yeah. intensive and it was, but it was great. And it was just figuring out like, you know, then we have a prop pickup then and we like ordered stuff to 
be picked up at Home Depot and just like all these moving parts of where everything needs to come from. That I think was the biggest lesson in, in that sort of sense and taking that yeah. into these next features, especially the second one I'm doing because we're traveling to LA, New York and, and Paris. Those are locations that I've never personally shot at before, but luckily I know a lot of incredible people that I've been able to reach out to and say, you know, what are the best places to buy furniture here and, and all that. But figuring out those logistics are going to be very hard, but yeah, very fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what an incredible, like I love, uh, I think we all love whenever projects like when, when you're filming on location in a new place, like it's going to be mm -hmm. such a cool experience to be in LA filming yeah. in New York and Paris. I mean, what a what a yeah. cool way to, to spend your time and do I the know. thing that you love. So that's that's really, really cool. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up on Juno because that's a really, really awesome mm -hmm. uh, commercial that you designed. So, um, you. you know, again, the interest uh, or one of my interests in uh, your role as a production designer is like mm -hmm. the commercial world versus, you mm -hmm. know, like your short films and your features. Um, mm -hmm. You're still I, I think the responsibility is still similar. But with on Juno, like. Mm -hmm. It's, you're selling a product, obviously. So, yes. uh, yeah. you know, again, you were, we'll show some footage on screen uh, from that commercial. And it was like mm -hmm. a very, very big, um, you know, effort. And it looks great. Um, but how do you change your approach, like in your prep work, mm -hmm. whenever you're thinking mm -hmm. every, it's an advertisement, you know what I mean? Like right. it, it all needs to connect with people and convince them to, to buy something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it is a big switch. I mean, everything of course relates and it is very similar, yeah. but it is, um, the first commercial that I ever did, uh, was through the Coca-Cola Regal films, um, oh, yeah. program. And so we were the winning film, um, mm. that year, 2019, I believe. And what was cool about that was, I think it was kind of like a crash course for me for commercial yeah. work where I got to work with the executives of Coca-Cola and have like a contact, you know, an email chain back and forth with them where I would send them designs and they would send stuff back. And so I gave them this whole, you know, lookbook and they were like, this looks great. Take out all of the blue. Blue is Pepsi. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're so right. I was like, whoa, okay, don't worry. I'll remove it. But I was like, take out yeah, the blue. So it's wow. like, take out the blue. So you got to be really conscious about like what yeah. you're putting on front of the camera. And then, you know, our food stylist, um, we had a couple amazing people, Lila for one, that was, um, part of our food styling team. Um, and they, it was just very particular, you know, you have to make sure the product looks incredible at all times. And there's right. all these tricks and like, you know, use glycerin instead of water for water droplets and all these different things to make it look perfect. And so you really have to, think at the forefront of your mind um is the product versus in the script it's right. you know the forefront is the story like yeah. you're trying to do the story and the director's vision the most justice where in commercial it's like you the brand the brand the product yeah. that is what you're doing justice to so very similar but um definitely like you have to shift gears in that yeah yeah well it paid off because i i mean i i looked at um Tristan, like the, the, the ad milk website. And I watched, I looked through mm -hmm. all the, the different materials for the ad and it just mm -hmm. looks like a incredible effort and it totally pays off because mm -hmm. the ads look super great. Um, so, you know, you. awesome, yeah. awesome work on that. Um, so you have recently been posting about all of these awesome publications that you've been in for mm -hmm. your paintings, which has been really cool to see. Can you explain what some of those are about? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it was very exciting this year. I got an email basically that said, we want to interview you um, for not only for Open Studio, but for um, uh, Modern Luxury Magazine, which is the branch that I was, the publication ended up on was San Francisco Magazine, which is a mm. smaller branch of Modern Luxury. Um, and at the time I thought it was just a publication for open studio, like a, you know, ad. And then on the interview, they told me that I was a featured artist and I had no idea. No yeah. one told me that, you know, and I was like, oh, and so he's like, oh, I had no idea you didn't know. And so we talked about that for a bit, but I was chosen to be, I think, one of seven uh, featured artists um, for this year's SCAD open studio, which was, you know, really incredible. They did a great job of like um, pushing publications everywhere. I got um, you know, 
my an image of my painting on Juxtapose magazine, which is, you know, incredible. It's one of the, you know, it's a really cool art magazine. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, the interview that I gave um, Peter, Peter Relic is his name. He took that and you know, SCAD ran with it and Modern Luxury, San Francisco magazine, they ran with it. And uh, it was just really, really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was the probably the most recent um accolade that i've got for painting um in the past it was a i'm actually up for my second grant i haven't received it yet but i'm able to apply for my second grant through the same foundation that i just uh previously won my first grant through um this may so that's now we're in may um yeah so so yeah i can apply to that and hopefully i'll be awarded a second one which would be incredible it's a great foundation that allows you three grants through your lifetime. Um, so once huh. you get the first one, you're automatically up for two more, which is oh, wow. you know, an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Those are the most exciting things I'd say in the painting world for me. Yeah. That's so cool. So this is, I mean, again, I'm, I'm glad that we, this is kind of like our first time talking because I'm naturally mm-hmm. curious about these things. So it's exciting to, yeah. like I said, learn along with the audience. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about your painting career, your career as a mm-hmm. production designer, your career as a director, mm-hmm. these features you're working on. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've kind of got a lot of irons in the fire. So whenever mm-hmm. you like like zoom out the 30,000 foot view, what is mm-hmm. the genitally dream? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say I have a lot of dreams. Um, <laughs> I'm a dreamer. Um, yeah. I would say that I definitely like through through my time at in college and just through all these different medias, I've kind of discovered that I don't want to have any limits to what I define myself as an artist. I think the, you know it's the artist that defines the mediums in which they they work with, not the other way around. I don't ever want to be defined as one or the other. Uh, I think that's the beautiful thing about the arts is they do translate to each other so beautiful across you know disciplines and. Um, I think that there's like a richness um, to work that um, has, you know, context in other um, mediums. And I would say that um, my ultimate probably career goals, you know, I want to be a designer for sure. I want to direct and I want to paint. So (laughs) it's really just setting no limits for myself and just taking every opportunity as it comes. Like if I want to take a year to go to Tuscany and, you know, do a program for painting, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe I do that. Or, you know, if I want to direct something that I just want to enrich myself with as much art as I can. Well, I, I think you might have, you might have already answered that this next question that I have, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. if you, if you can like bid on that a little bit, I think Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you're discussing like all of these different things that you want to do, because I think, Mm -hmm maybe to some people in like in art school or when they're trying to figure out what their creative career is going to be like Mm -hmm. it can almost feel that you have to decide on one thing because Mm -hmm. it's really hard Mm -hmm. to achieve in any of these things it's hard to it's hard to be a painter it's hard to be a director it's hard to be a production Mm -hmm. designer to do all three as you of course i'm sure know it's also Mm -hmm. hard it's it's like it all combines on top of each other so what advice would you have to people who maybe are just starting out at school Mm -hmm. and they they are exploring these multiple paths and there's a lot of crossover mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they, they worry that they have to choose, you know, I guess it's yeah. kind of like the question of like, what advice right. would you give yourself right. four years it ago? Would, <laughs> no, that's, that's a great question. It would definitely be, don't put yourself in a box and don't let anyone's ideas of you put yourself in a box too. So don't put yourself in a box and don't let others put you in a box because, yeah. you know, you can do it all. And, You'll, you'll get hounded at so many times. You got to specialize if you want to make it. You got to specialize right. if you want to make it. And you know that I would say is good advice to a certain extent. But um, you can do more. Um, you right. shouldn't put limits to yourself. And um, putting yourself into a box will limit your creativity. And allowing others to put you in a box will, you know completely diminish your creativity and your confidence. You know, I I definitely let other people's perceptions of me put myself into a box for a long time. And it took me a while to, you know, try these things, try to direct and Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, try to, you know, do bigger projects and try to, you know, paint as well as do design. And, and you know, I, I got told a lot of times to just either switch majors or to just pick one or, oh, like, you have to, you have to choose. Um, right. But so it was definitely a process. And I wish someone had told me, like, don't listen, don't listen to anyone. Don't yeah. put yourself in a box and just really, um, yeah, explore everything that's out there. Because one yeah. thing will lead to the n- another too. You know, sometimes right. I get opportunities in painting and then someone's like, oh, I saw that you paint, but I also looked on your website and you filmed. Do you want to be a part of this film? You know, like yeah. there's opportunities across the board. And so limiting yourself is limiting your opportunities as well. Yeah, I have learned so much by like my own experience of graduating and, and job hunting and also just like watching mm-hmm. my peers go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I used to imagine networking just meant like, and I say used to, I mean like years ago before I, I went to, to to college and everything. But I thought networking mm-hmm. just kind of meant like kissing up to people. I didn't really know what mm-hmm. it meant. What it what I've learned yeah. is that like it means like creating good work and people will yeah. recognize that and like being a good no, person to super, work with. You know, super important. I mean, I, I learned some you know really valuable things in my uh, fine arts program actually. Like they told. Um, they, oh, my battery is dying. Oh, no. Okay. Um, they, in my, in my fine arts program, uh, we took a lot of classes on like branding and entrepreneurship yeah. and professional practices. And what's really, really important for young artists, especially, especially in the wake of social media is you have to brand yourself. Yeah. You have to put yourself in the best light. Um, because you can, you know, people can refer you and that's all great. But at the end of the day, like you really need to be your own advocate and be your own spokesperson. Yeah. And you have to document your work professionally. Um, yeah. That was something my dad instilled in me in very young um, when I was a painter. Properly document your work. You know, get a nice camera, get nice lighting. If you can't, if you don't have those things, ask to borrow from a friend and, you know, do your work justice of taking mm. good documentation of it and then presenting it online or wherever or having a private portfolio, whatever it is, present yourself in the best light with the best materials you can. Do your work justice. I like that a lot. That's I think that's mm-hmm. a perfect way to end this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time to yeah. sit down and talk to me. It's been really exciting mm-hmm. to just learn about you and your work. I've kind of admired from afar. So it's exciting to mm-hmm. have you on the podcast and, you know, share that mm-hmm. perspective with the audience. Um, again, congrats mm-hmm. on all of those future thank films. You. I have no doubt that they will lead to other future films. Um, so, you know, hopefully in a few years from now, we'll get to interview you and you'll be a big old successful feature <laughs> production designer. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, yeah I've absolutely. had such a great time being on and I love your podcast and I'm just so honored that well, thank you, you wanted to talk to me. So. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're welcome anytime. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. If you're listening to the audio only version, you should check out the video on our YouTube channel. Uh, new episodes come out every Monday at 9 a.m. We've also got our Patreon. Uh, the link to that is in the description. And um, yeah, Jenna, thank you again. And we'll see you all in the next one. Thank you. Thank you.